Um, so welcome to, we don't have a name for our show, but I got my uh, co-host, um, John Mason here, and we're doing wrestling while you're crippled and at home. Yeah, this is, this is it. This is it. So, um, so basically what we're going to be discussing today is, um, all the new stuff and um, pro wrestling and indies and uh, Japan. So I'll start off by introducing my co-host, John Mason. Um, John, would you like to talk about your love for wrestling? Sure, Justin. All right, what's going on, man? Um, I think I'm going to So I'm going to come across a little nervous at first. Not used to this podcasting thing yet, but we're going to get here. Tried quite some time ago. Oh my goodness, that's wonderful. I'm all there. We tried quite some time ago to get this going. It did not work out. So Justin and I did a little bit of time, and a lot has happened in wrestling. So that's going to give us quite a bit to talk about. For me personally, I can honestly say I've been a lifelong fan. So I am years old, and uh, no, I'm in my my early thirties. Uh, Justin as well. Not to out of our age there. Uh, I've been a fan my whole life. I've been getting babysat, watching wrestling, and it just kept going and going and going. Something I don't just watch for entertainment purposes. It's something I also watch. I study it. I'm going to attempt to somehow get involved. So we will see if I can hold myself to that, what level it gets to. In terms of my uh, fandom, or whatever you want to call it, being a mark, whatever you want to say, it really is everything. There's not one company that necessarily supersedes another, besides perhaps Stardom right now be my top, AEW, you know, up there. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Joshi scene, big fan of the Deathmatch scene as well. It's a little bit of parallels there, and you'll definitely see some see uh, in here, depending on how you're accessing this, how we put it up. You'll see in here some differences that Justin and I have on our philosophies on wrestling. Yeah. called it wrestling while you're crippled but we can just call it wrestling while you're crippled and at home dive right into it on um monday night raw we had um bobby lashley hang on the first cutoff justin did you read what happened with are with, you are you up to date within the last hour or two of wrestling news well what happened inform me Shane, the shane mcmahon news supposedly oh yeah he's coming back he's coming back no, right? justin supposedly he got fucking released already are we swearing on this next kid supposedly he got released already he got fucking released? I read that 
wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait, so now I'm fucked, I'm, I'm looking, I had to pause the pot. Holy shit, I gotta Google this. Uh, it, it was just breaking, it was rumored, but Meltzer, Sean Rockstaff, uh, Ringside News, they're all saying, dude. You got released. Yeah, supposedly he ran the Rumble and like went into business for himself somehow. And only really, I don't know, man. I don't know the whole whole deal, but they're yeah, they're they're no one was happy with them after the Rumble, I guess. Okay, well let yeah. me let me see this because I I yeah. I haven't even taken a look at this. I just happened to see it. Yeah. Holy uh, shit! Okay, he yeah, he sure. is released. He is released. So, so it, 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 I, I, I just saw it on Google. Okay, okay, so I didn't even look this morning because I was playing a video game because there's like six fucking inches of snow outside. So, so Shane McMahon gets released because of a power grab because he produced the rumble. A lot, of super, a lot of superstars weren't happy with it. Him coming in at number 28. And the whole Triple H thing. So why don't we go, do you think the McMahon and Triple H thing is kind of like a sinking ship? Vince lost his marbles. What the fuck is going on there? talk about the whole Nick Khan power grab all, all night long and Taya Valkyrie recently said that WWE was going to get sold when she got released and with the whole free Ali thing, dude I mean how messed up is this that wrestlers are just wanting to get released from the biggest wrestling company in the world and and now it's like is WWE a sinking ship, or is it, like, muddled, or what exactly is it? See, I think part of it is a holding period for something, but I don't know what. And yeah. I think that they are very yeah, happy that they built up certain talents on NXT and even the main roster, and that other companies are getting them. They're not upset. 
They like the fact that other companies are getting attention, bringing up the name of wrestling anymore. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because even then, WWE yeah. can keep doing all these moves that people don't like. That's not going to matter yeah, now. Because their name's going to be coming up even more. And you always have to remember, there's still, still, still that umbrella in wrestling. I've heard other people use it, but it's just like when folks talk yeah. about MMA. You talk about MMA with people, they yeah, usually say, oh, UFC. You and I, if we mention wrestling to someone, they're going to say, oh, like the WWE. Fuck, man. People still say, like, the WWF to me. They still say, yeah, that's how people still, they, they have that in their head, like, that's the be-all, end-all. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think necessarily sinking ship. I just, they're doing something. They're doing something. Something's up, and they want competition. They want other companies to have stars already mm-hmm. ready. But that also shows that whatever they're planning, they're like, yeah, we're not too worried about it because we're going to keep making money. Yeah. The biggest thing right now is money, money, money. And I hear a lot about, like, streaming deals and stuff like that. I'm not knowledgeable of that stuff. I only know enough that, yeah, you could make a lot of money off of providing content to a much bigger network. And that's exactly what it is, you know. You got your streaming deals. You got your, you know, and they're still, they got NXT. They got Raw. They got SmackDown. Um, you know, they're always, they're always scouting the Indies. So I don't think they're ever going to like get sold or anything. And there was talk about Disney buying WWE and I'm like, really? Disney? Partnership with them, something internationally, but it had something to do with distribution and all of that. So, uh, I don't know. I think it had to do with getting Raw and SmackDown like replays faster through some streaming sites. I know the Hulu deal is yeah. coming. Again, I don't know. You can probably look it up online easily, so that's for somebody who cares about those kind of facts and figures to do. Okay. I don't, but I'll see it when it comes up online. And then, hey, Hulu deal has that. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't, I don't sit here in my head like, hey, his 90 days are up, you know? Yeah. It's just not posted today. All the, I saw Lince Dorado. Trust me. <laughs> that makes sense. So, do you want to do you want to talk about these releases, or do you just want to dive straight into Raw? Hit me with Raw, brother, because uh, I'll come right out and say I only watch WWE's premium live events now. Uh, so okay. Those. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. So right now we have um, we have Austin Theory, Bobby Lashley, um, yeah. you know, uh, Seth Rollins. All, all were in the elimination chamber recently for the elimination chamber match coming up, and Brock Lesnar. Um, so, I think they're gonna put the belt on Brock and take it off about. Of oh, uh, uh, well, I'm, yeah, because I heard the rumor about uh, uh, what you call it, okay. unifying the title. Yeah. So I mean, I mean. Do we get? Do we always get like Rock versus Roman Infinity X number of times? Where it's it's ad nauseum. It's like I'm hoping that it somehow ends up in a smile and we get Rock versus Seth versus Roman at Mania because then we could at least spice it up a little bit. That makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. So, do you want to like delve into stardom for like five minutes? Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, most recently, like, don't go ahead and screw this up. Yes. 
have the Nagoya Supreme Fight pay-per-view. Okay. So I will go ahead and preface this. That was the 29th, I believe, of this past month. Crazy work February, yes. But I will preface that by saying stardom, easiest way to look at it, broken up into your factions. So... Oh, that's that uh, beautiful Between wrestlers of uh, 
different ethnicities from uh, different countries. That's really cool. Tech club being, I believe, uh, maybe a Belgium or Austrian, maybe an Austrian performer. I believe she also came from, uh, maybe she was from Tokyo Joshi Pro. Uh, again, getting into some of the Joshi companies more recently. Uh, that would be about it. Other than, uh, I believe, their Cinderella tournament begins early this year, so I believe February 19th, or I could be mixing that up with WWE. Almost the pay-per-view schedule at the end of this, but their February event starts their Cinderella tournament. Winner of the Cinderella tournament winds up getting a championship opportunity at what's essentially their intercontinental title of sorts, their wonder of stardom title or the white belt. The wonder it's a big, big tournament uh, that eventually can help propel someone even beyond that wonder title. So, Isn't the main belt the red belt, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, yeah. The red belt is the world of stardom championship. Yes. Again, either Shuri, the defending champion, or Narai, uh, are the current champion. If you pay for you, probably have an idea of who they thought would win it, whether that was who won it or not. I'm not to say. I will say, for I mean, Narai just came in. Sorry, I'm mispronouncing your name again. I think first like big singles match instantly in the title match and she definitely delivered so i was wondering why they were putting her in that signs i guess we saw one. all right all right well that that pretty much concludes our stardom coverage and oh then, yeah it won't put fuck stardom world stardom dash world you can pay like eight dollars a month for what i consider the best wrestling out there right now i mean you i always see you with um with um stardom merchandise i think it was like the starlight kid i had one of my starlight kids and i wanted to dress him up as francis just because uh billy avery portrays him as a really really cool wrestler and i was super anxious going into this and was like okay we're gonna do uh something that reflects that anxiety but i, I even debated putting my uh one of my hoodies in the background here for aphrodite uh, yeah i am Connie, but I did not, but yes, yes, I have, uh, I'm actually waiting on a sweater for uh, recently retired wrestler Konami, so we will see, uh, that will be in my mail this week. That sounds awesome, dude, that sounds right. awesome. Um, do you want to talk about Ring of Honor for a second, about them re-emerging in April and about them closing down? Um, so, so, Jonathan Gresham, is running a show called Terminus in April. And I, I wanted to talk to you about that. Sorry, yeah, they ran the first show. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to talk to you about that. Um, so with them coming back and unifying the titles with Bandito Jr., um, do you just think they should put the belt on Gresham? I honestly think they should because he's like, he represents like a throwback to the technician stretching days of a Nigel McGinnis and a Brian Danielson and those type of wrestlers. And not just that, I think with running his own company, he's going to be a lot more in control of his schedule than a guy like Bandito. Yeah. Bandito's kind of following that, like, you know how there was that, like, group of lucha guys who came into America around the same time, like Penta, Phoenix, Bandito, uh, a bunch of the Ring of Honor, all those guys too. Yeah. Uh, you know, all those dudes, they all came in around the same time. They just seem, and I heard this too from somebody I used to know, uh, 
Penta and Phoenix, like, they'll just fucking take bookings anywhere. They don't care. They don't care about heat, whatever. Just like, I got a booking? Good. Which, to me, yeah, watch heat if you can, but you got to make money, right? So I, I like that attitude a lot. Uh, I think Bandito's one of those guys who wants to work everywhere, and that's, yeah, cool to make that guy your champion if your company's going to have a storyline of, Hey, champion's not here every month, and everyone's chasing and wanting to be here. Lesnar asked, you know, like how we used to be, not his current way. <laughs> but otherwise, that's more of a guy who can just bounce around and have a great match on every card that he's on with somebody. Yeah. He doesn't need to be the champion of the company until he inevitably signs with like AEW or something. Yeah. He knows he's going to sign something. And that's true. They need to beef up their, their reaches or all. That's true. I mean, Gresham, he was the stability. He was the guy that brought back the Pure Tournament, the foundation. He was the foundation for Ring of Honor, and he's married to Jordan and Grace. And I think he can literally stretch the shit out of anyone. So, I mean, he's one of the most underrated wrestlers on the planet, in my opinion. He's been great for a long time, too. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, honestly... I, he's been good for the last five or six years, and he's just been just killing it for like the last year and a half. So, big ups to Jonathan Gresham. Um, I don't know if we just go into SmackDown or we talk about our differenting philosophies in Deathmatch versus technical wrestling. So, did you want? Yeah, let's uh, let's wrap up SmackDown since we had the, the Raw bubble there. In a little bit, and just to, to close off before we get to SmackDown, just the, the thing with ROH and the uncertainty of what it was when Final Battle was happening. Absolutely. Whatever's going to happen in April, you know, that's a company you and I have not been watching. You know, I was getting those R video newsletters in the mail, and I was already getting tapes from some of the other companies from the Northeast Indies and the best of the independents. Yes, tapes, folks. Again, 34, who cares? Um, I was getting those tapes, and I was seeing all these guys, and, yeah, a couple girls, too, but mostly dudes, and it was like, okay, these people are freaking awesome, and all of a sudden, it was, what, February, was it 02 when Ramada started? Yeah. I mean, that's enough if it's 02 or 03. I don't know, same year TNA started, right? Yeah. Oh, we're going to go with that. Off, off my knowledge of wrestling, they started around the same time, and uh, it just... I would go to all those early shows in Chicago Ridge once they started in 2004. Uh, that building meant a lot to me. It wasn't far to travel to. I'd see you there sometimes. I'd see a couple other folks uh, who I went to school with. Some of those people got involved in wrestling. Some still are involved in wrestling. No, no I'm not a name. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, it, it just Ring of Honor really has meant a lot, even if it's changed as a company over time. But I am hoping that they will do what they used to be, essentially. Just take all that young, up-and-coming talent, have a couple of guys who maybe have a name on the independents already, and just build. Just build. Let the wrestling speak for itself. Yeah. And kind of doing a wrestling-based promotion itself. So what, what's Ring of Honor going to be? Yeah, and that's the thing is, like, the technical stuff – I mean, that was the basis of Ring of Honor was the wrestling. When I, when I went to the first show, I think it was Vendetta. I think that was when Brian Danielson and Roderick had that 60-minute match. That was... 
54 minutes right on the dot while wow, you remember. That was what really hooked me. And they had Samoa Joe and Christopher Daniels on the show. The Embassy versus Generation Next. I I think that's what they're not they're not doing now is they they built too much off of like guys like Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks and they weren't developing like their own talent or giving like veterans like James Gibson who everybody knew as Jamie Noble but they're like oh shit he can be heavyweight champion and they're like oh this so I think they should like get back to that giving veterans a shot mixing in the young guys just getting back to that pure wrestling company that they used to be I agree they still fit in a couple I should have said that but that was in my head because you could easily fit in a few of those veterans who they would be in my mind like they had a name already whether they were in WWE, AEW, or they've just been like a uh, Jonathan Gresham type, just been known on the independents. Yeah, yeah, they they need some some of those kind of names too. Um, that's why I wish there were like the the Drew Gulak types out there. I mean, I'm glad he's making probably a lot of money in WWE. I saw he was there trained Bad Bunny for his matches, so he <laughs> trained Bad Bunny. Hey man, Drew Gulak, I fucking love Drew Gulak, man. He's such a tremendous wrestler. He really. Uh, Another company I'm always a fan of was Chikara, and he was always part of that company pretty early on. Didn't um, he train Kimberly, too, if I'm not mistaken? Yep. Yeah, he was definitely one of her trainers, and that's why her training took a little bit, because they specifically, from what I understand, wanted her to be perfect when they did. They didn't want, like, any little issue. They just they knew how good she was going to be. You know what I'm saying? So they were like, let's just wait. They're going to be really, really good. We all see what Kimberly is capable of. So yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, on that end, I'm glad we got to talk about that. Why don't we delve into the SmackDown type of things and then wrap it up yeah. with our individual wrestling philosophies, and that'll be the end of this first show. So. Crush that SmackDown. Okay, so I mean Roman Reigns is the champion, obviously, um, and he's facing off against Brock Lesnar, obviously. The thing about SmackDown is is there's so, so many limited challengers for Roman other than Brock, and they just put, you know, Seth versus Roman. Seth's the raw guy, so I'm, not, I'm just saying, why not give Ricochet or Cesaro a chance? Uh, they already gave Cesaro a chance, but Ricochet was in the best of the Super Juniors two years ago, and he's not doing jack shit. And I keep thinking Ricochet versus Roman, Ali versus Roman, Cesaro versus Roman. I mean, it's funny because to, to, to just briefly say the two guys you mentioned, Cesaro and Roman, they have great chemistry together. Everyone says, oh, they're promos, they're promos, they're promos. And fuck it, give them a manager. That's true. That's true. Let's just, just do that. Just do that. Or just build them a certain way. Throughout history, there have been guys who don't need to talk. I mean, I mean, like, it, it's just the dumbest thing. Like, oh, you can't be at this level. And you know what? They don't need to be the single face of the company. You, you, you give, just give them some sort of opportunity, something that's better. We're not looking for Cesaro and Ricochet to be the Rock and Austin of this era. That's not necessarily realistic. But what they could do is attract different types of people, both with their looks, their styles, and what they do have. Because maybe someone's going to hear Ricochet talk, and you can say, hey, you know what? I'm not the best talker. When I go out there, I put everything in. You know, 
that kind of a speech. And says, I don't do something similar, just do montage of him in the gym to being a fucking beast. Show him just training. Show him in the ring. Give him those brutal fucking uppercuts. Yeah. That's all you need to do. Then do just a sh- shot, like still shot of him doing, you know, one of those kind of poses. Yeah. You need to talk. Absolutely. Right there, you make him look like a monster in that, that puddle. And then have him come to the ring and I don't even know who's on the undercard anymore, but have him beat some, you know, undercard guy. Absolutely. Well, Baron Corbin and Madcap Moss, and uh, I think they got a bunch of, like, Lucha tag teams, and the Viking Raiders are on the undercard, too. And Nakamura and Boogs. Nakamura is the Intercontinental Champion, but they're not doing shit with Nakamura, even though he fucking killed NJPW. So it's like... I know he's not he's not wrestling the same type of style. But even even Roman versus Nakamura, they haven't done that yet. There's a lot where it's just what are you waiting for? And I I agree, I agree hundred percent. Um I think that ends the SmackDown portion. Uh, we've been talking for like thirty to you know, forty minutes. I think the next show we definitely gotta do the Trisha Adora versus Tony Depp in 60-minute Iron Man match. Um, but let's let's talk about AEW because they got a show today. Um, yeah, uh, I just finished Rampage moments, literally moments before this podcast. Uh, yeah, so let's talk about Maxwell Jacob Friedman versus CM Punk. And let's talk about the House of Black versus... Um, um, oh, shit. Um... Neville, Neville, Pac, and Penta El Zero Miedo. Why couldn't I say Pac? Let's talk about, let's talk about that. I was thinking earlier about some things, and I literally used to my own head since said Kevin Speed, and I was thinking about WWE. Yeah, yeah, I know. So let, let's talk about, let's talk about the House of Black versus Pac and Penta El Zero Miedo. Um, the House of Brody King who is legitimately just in Ring of Honor, signs with AEW, joins up with, you know, Malachi Black, and now Malachi Black is like this cult leader whose theme music scares the crap out of me anyway. Oh, theme song. That's the only reason I'm upset about tag matches and making the theme. Oh my god, Logan Truth by Amendra is fucking incredible. And I Oh my god. Every time I hear that theme song from Malachi Black, I just want to roll my wheelchair in a corner and hide. Just like <laughs> shut the power off and just like just like oh my god. <laughs> it's like it's like it's it's so fucking scary. It's like Oh my god, I can't believe Malachi Black's theme song. And I think that's what they're trying to do, because Malachi Black can legitimately just, like, stiff the shit out of you. And now you bring in Brody King, who can also stiff the shit out of you. And it's like, do you think this can lead to a Malachi Black, you know, world title reign eventually? Or maybe a TNT title reign down the road? In my 
if if you were booking, you would do that, obviously. I know. Could you? Uh, what do you have right now? Right. And did you see that match? That match was fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah, that match was sick. Oh my god, the double springboard cutter? Yeah. No, just got to be good. Dude. Yeah, that's true. I have that power to just change people. I like Julia Hart with the eyes. I like she's got a little bit more attitude or whatever. Even past promo, you know, after his eye got all messed up, he seemed a little bit, you know, different. You know, the whole, I think he did the Land of the Blind, uh, One-Eyed Man King line, that kind of thing. You know, speaking a little more mystically, so to speak. Yeah. But yeah. Definitely, and even if Brody doesn't get, because he's still able to prove himself a little bit. I, I know this, but he's yeah. got proof in that company. Um, yeah. But they're quick to give people the TNT title as well. It's going to be more so. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um, black, black for sure. Brody just have him be the guy that takes on page number one again. Well, I've heard rumors of MJF. I think MJF after Punk. I think he. Well, MJF is just pure money. So, MJF. But do you think do you think he's ready? Because I think he's ready. I think he's pure money. But do you think he's ready? Yeah, but I mean, there's like two different levels of cool here. I mean, I mean, MJF insults you like he's the schoolyard bully, but he's like the rich $50,000 schoolyard jock bully. Bubba Ray was like that numbskull bully who would just curse the shit out of you and beat you up. MJF is the, is the cocky 50000 limo schoolyard bully jock who's got the hot girlfriend and Makes out with her right in front of her face, so I kind of, I kind of want him to just like get the belt because I think he's just like so into his gimmick that I just wanted to get the five hundred dollar cameo just to like hear him say like I want to body slam you out of my wheelchair, out of your wheelchair because I'm better than you and I fucking know it. That type, that type of thing. Like I don't know. I, I gotta do what? He would have to lose. That's, yeah. That's so far that uh, DQ Sean Dean. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, he he hasn't lost yet. They haven't they haven't built him up. I don't but think. He cannot. He can't. 
they would have to know for sure who the important person is going to be to take that win off it. So unless they already know that, then he's not going to get the title. And then you're just you're booking yourself to a point of not knowing. That's so true. You always, always have to have an end result. Like you start with your end result, and then you talk about how you're not getting there. That's true, that's true. Well, do you think Punk is going to be the guy that like, takes the weight off him somewhat? Because he seems like the veteran bridge that, you know, they're 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 putting the young guys against Punk to, like, test them. Like, Punk is the gatekeeper. Like, he's, he's the veteran gatekeeper. He's slowing them down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody, boom, 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 boom. Even MJF sometimes when he wrestles. He does stuff in there where he's, I'm like, wow, that's impressive. Absolutely, absolutely. So you think that Malachi Black should be the next guy, and I think that MJF should be the next guy. I guess we I will see. see. I think I can see either one though, because they could both do similar things, but different. Like, oh, you know what? I preyed on Adam Page's anxiety, his weakness, his lack of self-confidence. He thought he was strong, but he wasn't. Hey, man, I. That's true, that's true, that's true. Well, I mean, let's finish it off by talking about the Indies for a little bit. I know that um, Zello Pro's got a show coming up. Davey Richards versus GPA. Trisha Dora versus Kylie Ray. Um, and I know that's on Super Bowl weekend. I got I to gotta take a quick look at the card here. Um, hold on, I got to... No, no, the Super Bowl has not happened yet. Tell your story. Follow, follow this guy on Instagram here. But there was something about, uh, I don't know, whatever football match was going on. <laughs> I like yeah, the football match. Um, so, yeah, we got, they got Jordan and Grace coming up. They got, um, let me talk about, they don't, they're at, and they got Laney Luck and Warhorse. So, I mean, out of all the guys in the Midwest, I mean, there's GPA, there's Laney Luck, there's Kylie Ray, there's Monix, there's Storm Grayson. I think GPA is kind of like the gatekeeper and the guy that nobody talks about. But that's, that's because I've known Jeffrey for a long time. So, I mean, how do you feel about GPA and how do you feel about Laney Luck? GPA is a guy I saw, I feel like it wasn't even freelance I saw him at. So, I'm not sure what company originally I saw him at. So, by the time I did see him at freelance, I feel like he did like a dark for one of the other, you know, like a Ring of Honor or something. Yeah. He was somewhere. But I definitely knew GPA was ahead of time. Uh, and I know he gets great heat with the audience. I've seen that. So he's really, really good at getting the crowd to hate him. So I, I dig that. Anyone who's capable of that. I don't know if I've seen him work as a face or not. But I don't know. I definitely saw some lady just fucking all up in his face. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, big worker, too. Uh, seemed like a cool dude uh, when I saw him interacting as well with Bob. Uh, yeah. Some of the freelance crew. And then with Lady Hawk, she's tremendous. Uh, awesome Instagram follow. I remember seeing her work as well right off the bat. Uh, just stood out for the whole party unicorn gimmick and all that that she was doing. 
Uh, and I think she was wearing like really either glittery or pink bands or something like that. And I'm like, damn, I want those shoes really badly. But no, I've watched her improve the ring quite a bit. I know she's got one or more opportunities, AEW with like dark, dark elevation. Because I remember she came out and she had the, uh, yeah, she was at the Chicago show. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, uh, we're pumped, baby. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is like, I've, I've been around Jeffrey and Lainey because I trained a little bit with Freelance Underground. When Jeffrey was a baby face, he was just kind of like the crowd would be like, yay. Um, you know, like he'd get like a middle reaction. But now as a heel, like he's holding the fort down. And the fact that he's facing Davey Richards at a show, like Davey was a legitimate world champion six or seven years ago. And I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy Davey's back. Honestly, I'm happy Davey's back. I know that he was, you know, taking time to be a firefighter. But honestly, I'd rather see him wrestle than, you know, hose down burning buildings. But um, if you're going to hose down burning buildings, I guess that makes you more heroic in a sense. So if you were. When I heard Davey Richards, that's quite Nonetheless. <laughs> Maybe he had a personal thing to online and had a reaction like some folks would. He was very awesome about it. It was just like, oh, I should have tried to make some money because the meter is equal money. He was very handled it like a true, true fucking dude. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I heard before that he was like a, a you know, major asshole, but I never thought of Davey that way. I always thought of Austin Aries that way, but I'm not going to talk about that. Okay, okay. 
So, uh, like, I, I stayed in on uh, Supreme. I just watched a documentary, XPW, on the dark side of the ring. So I know light tubes, thumbtacks, necro butcher, all that shit. It, it appeals to a, a wide variety of audience. Okay. 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 But but anyway, um, try to appeal to my senses as to why I need to watch deathmatch wrestling. Well, you don't need to watch it. I'll say that right off the bat. It's definitely going to be a choice. It's definitely going to be something that's not for everyone. Uh, You have to go into it enjoying that kind of shock aspect, in a sense. I think you have to have that love already inside of... I'm a big horror movie fan. Obviously, this is blood for real. Uh, I appreciate it while taking. So there's a lot of risk, which I think is something that attracts me and other fans to it, just like wrestling in general. I mean, if you take a pile driver, that's risky. Hell, if you just take a flatback bump, that's risky. Yeah. We got to start again. The recording's about to stop. I'm going to start a new recording. So you left off on the back bump. Okay. Yeah. Just anything as simple as that could realistically hurt you. So obviously, if you're taking, you know, bundles of fluorescent light tubes and all these other extremely dangerous weapons or whatever you want to call them, there has to be a level of respect given to these performers. Now, on top of that, they're really starting to evolve more and more. It's something we've seen over the years where uh, there are, I guess, hybrid style is kind of what it's being called now. But there's guys like G Raver, Alex Colon, Akira, John Wayne Murdoch. I mean, the list goes on and on of performers who can do Jimmy Lloyd. I, I don't want to cut anybody out here who can do a standard wrestling match or they can go in there and do a death match. And when they do a death match, you're still going to see unless the story doesn't call for it, you're still going to see hollow knuckle tie-ups. You know, you're still going to maybe see a side headlock take down arm drag. Uh, there's going to be some kind of element of psychology, typically. Um, maybe there's not, though. Maybe it is just your kind of death match where it's two big dudes who are just going to smash each other with stuff. There are certain death match companies, just like with Lucha companies, just like with more technical companies or whatever your style that you enjoy is, there are going to be certain deathmatch companies that are kind of that bottom of the barrel. Like, I can't give too much respect to this. Yeah. And you're going to get your GCWs. You're going to get your ICWs. You're going to get those kind of companies that are presenting something that's different. Those shows aren't just deathmatches. They're yeah. going to have other types of styles, especially GCW, as we know. ICW, they have a unique presentation with chains instead of ring ropes. So wow. it might not be a super bloody brawl, but it might be, you know, a brawl or at least a hard-hitting exchange. There was one match, it was, I believe, Schlack versus Ming from last year. Obviously, Ming's not going to be Haku Ming, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's not going to be doing things and stuff, but they put on a match in those chains. Uh, it just gives different people different opportunities to work, people who may not succeed other places are able to excel there. Just the same way that people who wouldn't succeed in that realm can go off and be more of an entertainer somewhere, more of a high flyer or something else. Uh, it's just something for, I don't know, man. Maybe it's just something for the the, the crazy side of folks. It seems like the more deathmatch fans I talk to, a lot of them have uh, 
mood issues or some sort of substance abuse issue. A lot of folks tend to party at those shows, but it's not a bad environment. Yeah. It just it, it seems to just bring together a, a crowd. Like you, you, you feel like you're part of something connected to that deafness community. I, I feel you on that. I feel you on that. So so and, it, it's more of a it's more of a communal aspect than anything else in, in, in the realm of ideology. It's more of a communal thing. Um, so for me, deathmatch wrestling, what I've seen, I've seen the John Zandig, Joey Janela bump. I watched a docu, yeah, I watched a documentary on Sick Nick Mondo. I know that one of my favorites, Shane Swerve Strickland, even participated in a deathmatch wrestling match. So I'm not hating on it. I'm not hating on it. And I mean, obviously, I I was slightly amused when I saw David Arquette participate in the death match. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that match when it happened. That was something. I, I saw it again in the documentary Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, that just shows how much respect that David Arquette has for the business when he, when he talks about deathmatch wrestling and he wants to participate in that um yeah. but i think we covered all the bases there um the only thing i want to say real quick there because i briefly touched there was just you know uh with death matches resting east to marcus crane uh i forget if it's etsy i think it's etsy or red bubble one of the sides do a quick google search to, again whoever eventually finds this podcast we know right now it's just justin and i getting chat but we hope that anyone listening gets to hear this, and whether we're just background noise, or we're catching you up on wrestling, or we're making you a fan of something new, that's kind of a goal of mine with this podcast. But again, really just getting to chat with you. Uh, but yeah, do a quick Google search, folks, whoever's listening. Just look for Marcus Crane, Patch, uh, rest in peace, Marcus Crane. He just passed away around uh, you know, New Year's Eve. It really hit me and the Deathmatch community very, very hard. Uh, there's a patch with all the proceeds going to him. I think it's, it's really, really cheap, like seven bucks or something. Uh, I ordered one before I even knew any of the details. I was just like, boom. I wouldn't even be working at that point. That was just, it really, really meant a lot to me. Mm. Uh, you know, if, if you don't want it yourself, you can always send it down over here, and I'll, I'll hand it off to one of my deathmatch friends. Thank you. Know. Thank you for mentioning that. R.I.P. to Marcus Crane, definitely. And Marcus was a super nice guy, and he seemed like a really down-to-earth guy. So I I really appreciate Marcus. And Marcus was a big loss to the wrestling community. Any, anytime anybody dies that young, it's a loss to life. It's a loss to humanity in general. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, that's why... You know, if you have demons or you have struggles, you should definitely talk to somebody about it. Because oh, happened like that, as far as you know, everything just seemed like it was from uh, what happened with uh, he had brain surgery uh, from a non-wrestling related thing, as far as I know, uh, a year or two ago, two years ago, and he apparently he was starting to have some seizures and complications and stuff from it, and. Uh, all I know is I guess he had said that he wasn't feeling well, he was going to sleep, he called off work for his shoot job. You know, he obviously wasn't wrestling, but he was trying to get back there. You know, he couldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, work, he went to sleep, and uh, he just didn't wake up. That is so, horrible. Yeah. 
So just uh, with all that, just if you ever don't feel well, folks, mm-hmm. fucking get yourself looked at or figure out what's going on. I'm a bit of a health scare uh, up two days after that myself, and that, that woke me up too. Don't yeah, I just kind of like you said, yeah, especially if anything's ever going on, I'm helped by folks, get help. I wasn't am the biggest Hanukkah Kamara fan, so definitely also check out various aspects, whether it's uh, just find the, the Bunga Bunga page, because I know for sure you could uh, get that shipped to the United States through White Rabbit Express. All the money will go to Hanukkah's mother. The second Hanukkah Memorial Show will be May 23rd still ranked as the best pro wrestling show on cagematch.com, unlike the recent Royal Rumble, which is ranked as the worst Royal Rumble. So, um, oh my God. Are we really going to... Okay. Um, and don't book a bad Royal Rumble. Is my don't book a bad Royal Rumble. Well, obviously we knew who was going to win. We knew who was going to win, obviously. Yes. Oh my god, they just give so much money to Brock. Whatever happened to making stars and shit? It, it, it doesn't happen in WWE anymore. But anyway, our next episode, I think we should watch Trisha and Dora versus Tony Depp in 60 minutes and comment on the whole match. I like the, the idea there. Like okay, well, I'm going to stop this recording. I'm going to assemble it the right way. I'm going to get it shipped to John. We'll, we'll have it on our Facebook pages. Um, what's your... Well, I'm not going to ask for your email on a podcast recording. I'll, I'll message you. If anybody wants one of my emails, I'll just go ahead and it's me, John Mason, at gmail.com. Okay. Okay, it's me, John Mason. It's me, John Mason. It's me, John Mason. At gmail.com. Okay. I'm sure one of my other emails is probably public. I'm sure whatever, but yeah. Otherwise, just Instagram, Suzy's, Suzu, Suzy's, or something like that. I don't even know. Yeah, my, Insta- my Instagram is just a crippled messenger. One, two, three, four. Uh, uh, but yeah, next next time we'll do the Trisha, Adora, Tony Depp, and Match. Um, support Zello Pro, support independent wrestling. IDW February 26th, I think. And, um, come on with me, folks. The Chains. It's a double show with, I believe, it's RP. I hope I didn't get it wrong. Okay. But, yeah. I see. I might even come with. Where is this ICW show? Villa Park is like the back of this warehouse behind the store. Oh, my oh, God. I fucking trained there. Oh, my God. I, well, I used to train there. I trained there for five fucking years. That's where? <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at that. What a small world. <laughs> oh my god. That little that little flea market swap mart. I love that place. So many memories. Yes. I got to see Marcus Rain in the Death Match tournament there as well. Oh my god, I love that place. The back door people people always think people always think you're gonna get beat up there. Like you know, you don't, don't, don't get no, because then, then that, then that feeds into the stereotype. Okay, okay. Well, that concludes our first show. I'm going to stop this recording. Second show, maybe we'll do this every Wednesday. 
Everyone there? Not both, but these video things, we're eventually going to be in person for these. We might do skits. We might do interviews with actual wrestlers. We might do reviews at shows. You're going to see a lot of This is going to be a regular thing. We're going to get better. Our technical details will get better. We'll have formats, plot times, all that shit. We got this. Okay, okay. I'll text you about the next show. But, yeah, that's our first show for right now. Um, I'm going to try to get a wrestler on the podcast with us. Um, you should come. We got to do a three-way call or something or whatever. You haven't even been to my house yet. It's a beautiful house. You see it in the background? Yep. It's looking nice from my seat. I can't wait to come on out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, we'll have to do an in-person podcast soon enough. But that's our first show. Second show, Trisha Adora versus Tony Deppin. We'll watch the whole hour, and we'll comment over the whole thing. That's right, and we're going to act like Brutus Barber beefcake the whole time. We are? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Strutting and cutting, baby. Um, this has been Wrestling While You're Crippled at Home. You got it. Yeah. All right, man. Have a good day, brother. Take care, folks. Love you, Justin. Love you, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs>